Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> you know, I was a part of the 67 team, 75 team, played on a couple of World Series. But, uh, you know, try to treat people right. That's the big thing. See, my belief is that we're people, we're not our vocation. You know, my vocation is playing baseball. That's not the person I am. If anything, being remembered as the player and I caught the last ball isn't as important to me as me being the person that I, you know, I hope to be. And uh, I hope I am. And that is uh, caring for other people. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. That is going to be our guest on tonight's podcast. And we're going to introduce Rico in just a moment here. But first, let me introduce the program. Because <sighs> I'm a professional announcer. <laughs> in the continuing saga, the epic journey, our search for truth, justice, and a better and far more effective treatment for toenail fungus, this is Planet Mikey, episode 139. Bill Smith is here. Bill is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of radio and podcast production, as well as the owner slash proprietor of Pelham Island Studios in Sudbury, Massachusetts, where the sound quality is unmatched in the history of the industry, and Snapple is abundant and chilled to perfection. Ben Kitchen is here under many of his false identities. Ben has <laughs> continued to work in the global podcasting industry in many foreign countries. Here in America, he's known, of course, as Ben Kitchen. In Mexico, he's Benjamin Cusino. In Sweden, he's Ben Cock. And in Turkey, he's Ben Mutfak. Did you know that kitchen in Turkish is mutfak? You know? We do now. Uh, I used to, I worked with mutt and fak mutt. <laughs> ben is blessed with the ability to appear to be working and doing things and productive while actually accomplishing absolutely nothing. You've noticed. It's an art form for Ben. I'm retired underwear model Mikey Gad Pouch Adams. And I made my bones in the industry using, of course, Kmart underwear, a fresh cucumber, and a couple of golf balls. <laughs> With salutations and respect to our sponsor, Mancini Landscape Design, serving central Massachusetts in a prompt and professional manner, and Rick Mancini is Italian, no less. Check him out on Facebook and see the amazing things he did, not just to my yard, but to many other yards. Mancini Landscape Design, 508-872-8228. Next week's guest will be John Dennis, and Rico Petroselli knows that because we spoke yesterday on the golf course, didn't we, Rico, with Dino? Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. It was great. I haven't talked to John in a long time, by the way, uh, Mike. And uh, he was uh, just an excellent broadcaster. Of course, he was on TV7 for years uh, as a sportscaster. Yeah. And it was great talking with him. And it's great talking with you, man. It's good to I see you. I saw you at the golf you, course you, yesterday. Uh, last week, a week ago Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Let me it? check my calendar. It's the Boston oh, Sports yeah. Museum, okay. uh, the Boston Sports Museum uh, annual golf tournament. Uh, how'd you hit him yeah. that day, by the way, Rico? Well, I did. I hit him. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of green when I hit him, you know, but uh, mostly, mostly on the sides. You know, with the yeah. trees in them here and there. But yeah. you know, I I cheated and I threw him out. You, spray the, middle, you spray the ball. You spray the ball like Rod Carew. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, by the way, Mancini, boy, that's a great uh, 
uh, landscaper, he's he plays for Baltimore on the side, right? <laughs> <laughs> now I got to ask you, Rico. Okay, first of all, for those of you listening, if you're too, if you're if you're too young to remember Rico Petroselli, then just hang up. I mean, just just put, push the button. <laughs> no, uh, this is a guy I've uh, been a fan of since 1965. A guy who is a member of at least two different halls of fame. That would be the Red Sox Hall of Fame. And the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. I found out yesterday, Rico, that you're in that. Yeah, I was. Uh, there was uh, nobody else available, no other Italians around. <laughs> so they said, "Who the hell are we going to get?" And what a thrill it was uh, to be able to go into it. I, they said, uh, "Can you give something, you know, so we can put it uh, in the uh, display and all that with all the other people?" I said, "Well, I do have a a game used." Uniform, he said. I said that's great. I said, yeah, <laughs> twenty five thousand. Um, <laughs> you know, you could put it up there. <laughs> no, was it no, your it, uniform though? That's the question. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a good point. Now I did, uh, and it was great. Um, you know who we went in that year with? Oh. Uh, Boom Boom Mancini. Oh yeah, uh, and, and the Hulk. The wow, Hulk. Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno. He was there with his wife. He was, man, is he big. The Incredible Hulk, big? yeah. He's, he's a strange-looking dude. I met Boom Boom Mancini out in Vegas during a boxing thing. He's a nice guy. Oh, yeah, very oh, nice. Yeah. Very Boom close Boom. to his family. His father had just passed away, and, of course, he was very sad. But, uh, uh, you know, he... Close family, period. Well, uh, if Boom Boom Mancini, if he if he was a, a, a landscaper, he could work for the Mancini Landscape Design <laughs> Company because he's a Mancini. That's right. Good guy. You're you know, right, Mike. The, the, <laughs> if you look at the letter, I was looking through the, the roster of inductees to the Italian-American Hall of Fame, and it, just the letter P alone. Listen to these guys that begin with the letter P. Vinny Paz, Willie Pep. Joe Pepitone, Mike Piazza, Babe Parilli, Brian Piccolo, Rick Patino, and Rico Petroselli, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> big stuff. Yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor anytime. It's an honor to be in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, played my whole career there. But uh, and you and I go back a long time, too. I yeah. mean, not that you're you're not that old. Well, but, uh, the 80s is when yeah. I hung out with you at the uh, the fantasy camp, and that's when I got to know all you guys, Rico and, and Bill Lee and all those. And uh, Rico, that's you. I mean, uh, Louie. Uh, yeah, that, that was a good time, and that's a really good opportunity for baseball fans to get to know some of the players a little bit better, which we did. Uh, we did. Now you're mm-hmm. okay. So you're, were your parents direct immigrants from Italy? Yes, yes. My uh, my father and mother came over in the early 1900s. Father worked in a factory, then he got a job on the Pennsylvania Railroad as a fireman. They would throw wood into the you know to to get it going, to keep it going. And uh, he met my mom on a trip. She was out, was outside the railroad. You know, the cars were going. My yeah. father looked out and said, hey, they were going very slow. Who's that? You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she, you know, and so when he got when again, they stopped it. And he got to talk with her. And they went out. And next thing you know, they were married. This That's was beautiful. in Pennsylvania. Now, how many brothers and sisters did you have growing up? Because I know you got four boys, right? You got a whole infield yeah. uh, that you that you were raised. Right, I got four boys. Uh, yeah, I come from a family of seven, uh, five boys, two girls, and right. I was the youngest. You were the youngest of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Now, which and, one? Uh, of, which one of the brothers was the one that ended up being a cop at Yankee Stadium during the brawl in 1967? <laughs> well, yeah, he wasn't a cop, but you, you know, what uh, was he? 
he was a security guard. Oh, okay. He didn't run out yeah, of the they stands. Were, they, just... were, they, weren't, they weren't cops. They were security guards. Yeah, he came out in the field, <laughs> and uh, me and Pepitone were on the bottom of the pile. Yeah, now you're both in the going... Italian-American Hall of Fame. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and it's not even for fighting each other. No. <laughs> My brother goes, Pepitone. <laughs> he didn't even know where we were. He figured Pepitone was he and him were going at it. Right, right. Uh, so he's Pepper, don't get off my brother. And you hear a voice from the. He said the guy said, you hear a voice from the bottom. I didn't touch your brother. I didn't touch him. <laughs> Pepitone's an uh, interesting character. Now is he from? He's from New York, but is he from your neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, he's from near the near the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, we we lived in, we didn't live that far from each other. Yeah, so, Sheepshead uh, Bay, Brooklyn. Yeah, we both fortunate to now, you know be dream come true, playing in the big leagues. Yeah, uh, he got to play for the hometown team, which is not always good, Mike. No, no, you know what I mean. That can be tough. A, yeah, yeah, and uh, so Joe had some problems, and uh, eventually he got traded. But yeah. uh, he well, had, you know, Rico, his, his his biggest problem was his hair. I mean, he well, had, he constantly yeah. had things to deal with that hair. He had wigs and rugs and implants <laughs> and all kinds of hair products in there. I mean, this guy was his hair really ruled his life, Joe Pepitone. He was the first guy in the major leagues to ever carry a and use uh, a blower, you know, a hair dryer. Yeah, yeah. He used to pack it with him in his uh, little hand case. <laughs> and whatever hair he had, you know, he would blow on it. Or right. blow it. And then the wigs, they said he'd blow the wigs later on, you know. But, wow. uh, yeah, he was a character. Yeah. And, um so yeah, we had some, uh, you know, my era. Those we had a lot of stories off and on. Oh yeah, the field, yeah, but yeah, colorful a lot people. Different. <laughs> a lot different now. Yeah, there, but there. See, I think the players are more colorful, more accessible. You could find out about them and like them for their personalities. These days, they're all little corporations now. It's it's kind of scary. Uh, does that bother you, Rico? Because you played in an era where the guys. Yeah, you know, compared to today's money, it was obviously not even close. It was maybe oh. decent money for the back then. But then most of you guys had jobs in the off season. My first five years, I had jobs of Gibbs Oil Company in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, Mike Andrews and I, and we went out and you know we selling, selling, selling fuel oil. oil, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. So you had to do it. Plus, we did a few speaking engagements, thing, you know, and made a couple of bucks. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that was you know that's the way it was then. You know, um, I applied for a job as an oil uh, delivery guy, but they 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 told me that my hose wasn't nearly long enough. Oh, see, <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's very common in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rico Rico Petroselli hit 210 home runs for the Red Sox. Played all of his games for the Boston Red Sox. See, this is what I like. I don't like the guys changing teams now. It drives me nuts. Uh, you can't root for the team if the guy's on it and you didn't like him on the team he was on last. It's all kinds of – but 210 home runs for uh, Rico, more than no, Nomar, more than Carlton Fisk, more than Boomer from the home run department, 773 runs batted in, ninth on the all-time Red Sox list. And uh, did you know Rico – I know you probably do – Rico Petroselli had more extra base hits than Jimmy Fox in a Red Sox uniform. Wow. Not two. Did you know that, Rico? No, I didn't know that. I, uh, I'm really a statistics guy. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You go, my, my big thing as a hitter uh, was I want to knock in runs. I mean, obviously, you need runs to win a game. Sure. So when you get the opportunity, that's, you wanted that opportunity. You wanted to get up there with men on base so you can try to knock them in. And, uh, 
you know, we had guys like Carl Yastrzemski and Tony Canigliaro and, sure. and some of the others who felt the same way. And you got to feel that way. Now, Tony, that Tony, way, and you, know. you were were, re, were real pals. Uh, Tony, seeing you, yeah. you kind of came up at roughly the same. He came up in '64. You came up the following year in '65, right? Yes, yeah. Tony and I get to meet his family, and they would invite us for Christmas and and New Year's. My wife's from Seattle, Washington, so it was tough to get back there with the four little ones. And so, Sal and uh, Tony and his mom, uh, they you know they would invite us, and we'd have a great time, of course. And uh, lived he lived in Swampscott, yeah. uh, Massachusetts, and so it was it was really great. They were wonderful to us. And Yaz, Yaz was close. You know, we both were from New York. And uh, we got uh, got to be real good friends. And uh, then you start, you know, we guys that come up together, almost that whole 67 team all came up either one year apart yeah. or together. So, they, you know, it was like family. And then when guys start getting traded, you know, you were sad. Because sure. It's like losing a brother. But now with free agency, it's expected that the guy's going to go out you know, uh, and uh, see how much money he can get. <laughs> and be a multimillionaire is what he's yeah. going to do. Right, right. Yeah. Now, I do, I do so. an impersonation of Yaz talking about the 67 Red Sox. Are you ready? And you're, you're always yeah. included. You ready? Okay, here we hold go. Hold on, hold on. Let me put you in the park. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is Yaz talking about 67. You're going to be in the ballpark right now. Here we go. Well, uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I have a, a very good career. Uh, played for Mr. Yorkie for uh, a lot of years. And Mrs. Yorkie, of course, liked me very much. Sometimes she'd pat me on the butt when I'd walk by. Uh, Rico Petroselli, of course, is a very good friend of mine. And uh, Lomborg, we had uh, uh, other guys, some other guys, too. George Scott, the Boomer, you know. It was quite a good ball club. And uh, I was just very fortunate to be injury-free most of the season. That is great. That is perfect. Doesn't that I'm sound like you. yes? Wow. I've never heard anybody t- <laughs> you, know, you know what that I did on the – you remember the big show with, with Glenn Orbey? One time he had me call up. They had this underwear company that had these new enhanced underpants that made your butt your butt cheeks look better. And <laughs> yeah. I, I called up pretending I was yes and ordered some. It's like, yeah, I'd like to get some of those underwear. <laughs> they, they freaked out. They got the owner of the company. They ran and got them because Yaz was on the phone. And before they – I had to hang up because I, I mean, it just wasn't. Right. Yeah. Ordre right. was laughing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so Rico Petroselli is our guest on the podcast. He's the greatest guy. And he holds the Amer- or held the American League record for a long time for home runs by a shortstop with 40. And the only guy that could beat it was A-Rod. Is that, he's the guy broke it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he did. And people said, well, he took steroids. So what? I mean, no, not so what. I was, you know, but you still got to hit the ball. And the guy was a great talent, whether you like him or not. Yeah. He was a he was a terrific talent. Yes, boy. he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I mean, take no, the steroids, he'd be in the Hall of Fame, obviously. Nobody can take that that talent factor away from him. But I, I always hated him because you know I don't know. He when, once somebody goes to the Yankees, you know how it is, Rico. You go to the Yankees, oh, yeah. and everybody's going to hate you anyway, even if you're the greatest guy <laughs> in the world, right? Right. Absolutely. You're right. Uh, you know, everybody. And years ago, when I was growing up, the Yankees were almost just about every year they yeah. were in the World Series. And, yeah, people hated them. You know, they're buying players and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, But they'd go on and, and win it with Mantle, you know, and those great players of those days. Everybody. But, now, uh, were you a Yankee you fan know. growing up in Brooklyn? Or were, you, or were you a Dodger fan? or were you? Because when you were young, they had all three teams in New York. There were the Giants, yeah, Dodgers, yeah. and the Yankees. Giants, too. So who sure, did you like? I, I, well, my my brothers and sisters were Yankee fans. Yeah, but I used to, I used to like to go to Ebbets Field, uh, 
And because it was a great state, it was like Fenway Park, small. And, you know, people were close to you. And uh, it was a good hitting park. And so, but I had to root for the Yankees in the American League. Sure. Or else I get a beating, you know, from my <laughs> brothers. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, yeah. But Mickey Mantle was my oh, my hero yeah. uh, as a kid. Because when you were probably about against. eight or nine when he was just starting off, right? You know, Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 Mickey. And, uh, I, everybody, even people who hate the Yankees, like me, growing up in Connecticut as a Red Sox fan, I always had respect for specific people on the Yankees, like Mickey Mantle. He was like a god, and I never hate. How can you hate Mickey Mantle? You know, yeah, you, you yeah. got to be something really evil and dark to hate a guy like Mickey Mantle, who is just so uh, so much Americana wrapped up into one person. You know? Yeah, I like. You know, I feel that way uh, uh, about on the Yankees right now. Is Judge, I, I like Judge. You like? And, um, yeah, he's he's a good kid. He's humble, and you know, he goes about his business. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the kind of guy you you know you really you really respect. It's not Peter fair that, that he's way. that. It's not fair that he's that big though and strong. You know, I don't, if too bad he's a left-handed hitter, he'd hit nine hundred home runs at that ballpark. Hey Rico, oh, in '67, yeah. okay, because you came up in '65. I, I got a first a quiz for you on your first game that you ever played. Ooh. Now you were only 20. You came up for a cup of coffee at the end of September 1963, right? Right. So you're 20 years old, and you're in your first major league game. It's against the Minnesota Twins at Fenway Park. Do you remember that pretty vividly? Oh, sure I do. Okay, I'm going to say first. Who did you get your first major league hit off of? His. Well, he became a teammate uh, a few years later, Lee Stang. Stinger! Stinger <laughs> Stang! <laughs> exactly, and, and your first hit was a double. I, I looked it up. You, you doubled yeah. your first major league hit off Stinger Stang, who later became Jody Reed's stepfather. That's right. That's kind of That's a weird right. story, yeah. Yeah. But you, um, yeah. You, du- you doubled, and then you went over oh, the next three. You struck out, grounded out a couple times or something like that. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. One for four, and uh, what? Yeah. What a thrill! It was, uh, you know, getting your first hit. I still have the ball. It's you do turning turning green, but that's all right. I still yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, you're such a good guy. I hesitated to bring up the strikeout and the two groundouts, but I wanted to mention that first game and see if you remembered it well enough. Oh yeah. Uh, now here's something you may not remember about that game. Who was the offense? The Red Sox lost thirteen to four. Who was the offensive star for Minnesota in that in that baseball game? Uh, wow, that's a good one. I know one. you're only Bob, 20. Uh, was it the left fielder or Harmon Killebrew? It was Killebrew. He hit three home runs that day. Killebrew. Three of them, yeah. God. Yeah, oh yeah, they killed us. The Twins... <laughs> The Twins, uh, even into 67, they still beat us, although we beat them the last two games. Right. But uh, they were loaded. I mean, Killebrew oh, sure. was unbelievable. He was – you talk about the uppercut swing. Well, he he had it. You know, most big sluggers have it. Yeah. They swing up a little bit. And this guy, he hit one, <clears throat> no exaggeration, so help me, over the light tower. Over the light tower. At Fenway. The ball went straight over. My God. <laughs> High and far. Oh. He's a monster. But, and it wasn't yeah, he wasn't just him on that Twins team. They had Oliva. They had Bob Allison. They had Jimmy Hall. They had uh, Don Mincher. All these guys. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you caught the pop-up off the bat of Rich Rollins in Right. 67. That's my claim to fame. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs> but... Yep, and you know they they were ahead of us. The first game that we played the day before uh, the season ended, uh, 
they played us tough and they, they weren't out ahead. We come back the next day uh, with Lombard pitching. They went out ahead and then we yeah. come back. That's one of the things. Although, you know, good teams, especially when you're on a roll, you usually are able to come back, you know, from being behind right. late in the game. So it's exciting. They show some guests. You know, you, I mean, one more question about your opening, uh, your first ever game. This is, well, this is one. If you get this, uh, let's put a prize package together for Rico. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll send him a My Grandma's Coffee Ooh. Cake, if he gets this right, directly to his house. Um, who, you drove in a run on that first major league hit of yours. Who did you drive in? Wow. Uh, let me see. I had to be um, uh, Felix Mantia. <laughs> No, man, it's not Felix Mantilla, man. No, oh. Russ Nixon. Oh, Nixon, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. I see, That's I know the trivial stuff. Russ Nixon, man, huh? Um, Catcher, yeah. Now, if you would, Rico, and I, I, I know you, you, you'll be really good with all these things. If you could give us, like, uh, 30 seconds on each of these very well-known and colorful personalities that you happen to spend time with on the Red Sox. Because you were with them on both World Series. You were there in 75. You were there in 67. And in between those years, there was a whole bunch of really interesting Boston Red Sox players. So I'll name the guy. You give me what Rico thinks of this guy, not just now, but then. All right? We know about your friendship with Tony C. What would Tony C. have become... Barring the the uh, the beanball in the incident, uh, what, what what would he have been? Well, he would have uh, with the DH when that came into uh, into the game. Tony would have probably ended up being a DH. Played a lot more years. He was a guy who was uh, would have hit close to or if not over 500 home runs. He was a legitimate home run hitter. Fly balls, great strength, fearless hitter. Uh, and uh, he just, you know, he, he just had it all yeah, as far he, as hitting. When you got a hundred, when you got a hundred home runs at the age of twenty-two, you, you're you're on the way to oh, five hundred easily, yeah. don't right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's funny guys go in the locker room, and I've seen you know this guy in the locker room. He makes fun of everybody. You know that, and I know that. He used to make fun of your nose, which is really quite small compared to his. Louis Tion. <laughs> yeah, but he. You know, <laughs> Louis Tion, uh, I, I tell you, I feel privileged to have played with Louis five, six years, whatever, whatever it was. Uh, he was, you know, he was a funny, funny man in the clubhouse. But when he get on that mound, Dead every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, he, if, if he was having a bad day or night, you know, he'd give up a home run to center field. He kept, he yelled out, you know, my. Go foul, go foul, go foul. You know, home run to center field, go foul. Uh, but he's a character. Very but funny. I'll tell you, uh, I was, uh, when I played third, uh, I was playing third when he was with us. And uh, when the manager come out to take him out, like say the eighth inning, and he was ahead, Mm-mm, no way. Nope. Uh, He's Darryl not. Johnson, come out, Louie, I'm going to take you out. He said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Take him. He said, you're not take me out to these guys. It's my gang. It's my guy. Hey, I pitch you, you, you know, taking me out, right? <laughs> he and I tell you, it, of course, manager says okay, and he would he would end up winning the game. I he heard he I heard he would say to the manager sometimes. He say, "No, you go sit down and shut up, man. This is my gang. This is my <laughs> exactly. ball. It's my gang. You don't you don't take me out of the ball game. You know, oh, mm, mm, mm. you go sit down. <laughs> uh, how about uh, yep. our our good friend, the late. Dick Raditz, the monster. Oh, the monster. Oh, he was something else. He'd come out from the bullpen. They had that uh, 
<clears throat> they had that uh, golf cart. Remember the golf carts that used to come out? Yes. Well, he'd get, he'd get off that golf cart just before it stopped. So it was rolling somewhat, and he'd get off it, take his jacket off, and the fans would be going nuts. And he was the closer, but he he didn't pitch one inning. He pitched three, four innings. Sometimes and nine. One game, one game in New York, he pitched seven innings. Yeah. In relief, yeah. yeah, that was a one-to-one tie. Went on for forever. For, see, back back then, Rico, and I don't know if you know what now. No, there's no complete games anymore. Back then, the men were men, even the pitchers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when you had you one, two, three pitchers, four and five was always, you know, you hope you get ten games out of the twelve wins. Uh, but you one, two, three. You're hoping certainly for twenty. You know, fifteen for second, and maybe uh, fourteen for your third. You know, if they you can get those wins because they, we didn't have we didn't have the bullpens like they have now. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the fifth inning, we go to the bullpen. Oh, yeah, uh, and then lefty yeah. righty. You know, gonna, that's not going to improve. That's going to be the same, if not worse. Where you can be a starting pitcher, or they won't even have. Pitchers that are uh, considered starting pitchers. We just have a pitching staff. Yeah, right. So but we don't know who's going to start or who's going to be in the bullpen. So. I hate that. that you know, that, I, that I, had, I had dinner with Fergie Jenkins and, and Spaceman one night. He was telling me 1971, uh, which is the year you flipped over to third base. In the National League, he won the Cy Young Award. Fergie did. And he had 30 complete games. 30, right. Uh, what? What? Probably pitched 300, over 300 innings. Sure, well, there's and, 270 right there just to complete games. Yeah, he was like, I mean, this is unbelievable change in, in the whole structure of uh, of the pitching staffs now, uh, Rico. Yeah. Rico, which, yep. team was, which team was better, 67 or 75? Uh, <clears throat> well, at 67, we had a lot of young players. You know, we were all young, so we hadn't hit, hit peaks yet. Uh, Yaz was around 27 years old. He hit the 40, you know, triple crown. And uh, you were 24. You were 24, right? 24, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, but the 75 team, I think, was more of a veteran team, with the exception of uh, Lennon Rice and Dwight Evans. Dwight was young right. too. Right. Great outfield. What a great outfield that was. Yeah, you and, had some uh, veterans, you know, and Fisk. Fisk was obviously a, a key, a key veteran presence on that uh, 75 team. Yeah, I think they would probably have more talent on that team. Yeah, they should have won a couple of uh, pennants, at least maybe one World Series in that period of time. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think uh, that there's no reason why they wouldn't have been right there in 76. Bill Lee got hurt in Yankee Stadium brawl. Were you in that um, brawl, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I was there. You know, I was trying to break it up. Uh, and uh, With your fists. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bill, he got... They jumped on his shoulder, three guys, you yeah. know. They, first, you start out wrestling. Well, most of it is just like wrestling match. But the three guys jumped on that pitching shoulder, and, oh, man, it was uh, really never the same. Dislocated, yeah. yeah that's, that was that was off, and that changed the, the, the trajectory of his career as well, you know, because he had been yeah. the prior three years, Rico, as you know, he'd won 17 games each year. And then in 76, he got hurt, and the Red Sox pennant hopes went down the drain. So that was too bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I got something here that this is uh, – now, this is something I found on the Internet, you know. I, I don't know if you, you want to – we all take part in this. You guys got to pick a state. I found the most lewd-sounding town names in each state. In other words, the the, the town that has the grossest name in mm. each state. So why don't you guys take turns and yell out a state? Let's go with Rico first. Name any state in America, Rico. Okay, I will say uh, Nebraska. Nebraska has a town called Dry Wood. 
<laughs> go ahead, Smitty, you go. Uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island has a town called Ramtown. I don't. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh well, let's keep it home, Massachusetts. Woonsocket. Uh, no, oh, that's Rhode Island. Oh, I'm sorry. I, just, I switched them around, didn't I? Yo, okay. Ramtown is Massachusetts. Sorry. Felchville. California. Okay, Rough and Ready. There's a town called Rough and Ready, California. Go ahead, Smitty. Go ahead. New Mexico. New Mexico. Blew it. B L U I T. I'll pick one. How about Texas? Kinkler, Texas. Kinkler? Give me New York. New York, New York. Let's see. Butternuts. Butternut. Yeah, there's a town called Butternut. Yeah, there's How about Washington State. Uh, hump tulips. What? Hump tulips. Hump, oh. hump tulips. It's like humping a. It's like humping a tulip. Um, let's see. Wankers Corner, Oregon. Lubbers, uh, Utah. Nevada. Uh, the, I mean Colorado. Virgin, Utah. Uh, Virgin, Co- Utah. Isn't that most of the state? Cooter. Oh, Cooter, Missouri. Cooter. What? There you go. Who would name their t- who's going to name their town? I know. Let's call this town Cooter. Good yeah. idea, Bob. <laughs> Did you know that there's a a Butts, Georgia, B-U-T-T-S, and there's uh, in Ohio there's PP Township. Aren't these great? <laughs> yeah. You know what, what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a reality show where we grab like old Red Sox players: Rico Petrocelli, Bill Lee, Louis Tian. We visit each one of these towns. <laughs> <laughs> What's up in Vermont? Vermont has um, uh, Co- Cozy Corner, Effingham. That's New Hampshire. Uh, wow. There's Beaver huh. City, a Bone Steel. There's a town called Splunge, Louisiana. Splunge. I mean, this is going to be my big calling in life to do a reality show about weird town names. What do you think? I think yeah, you'd be like good it. at it, Mike. Now, now, Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, uh, is yeah. is really Brooklyn. So it's like Sheepshead Bay is just an area of Brooklyn, and that's yes. where that's where Borough. Rico's from. Rico Petroselli, my friends, Red Sox Hall of Fame legend, one of the greatest guys ever to play the game, uh, wow. and uh, one of my favorite people ever. And I'm a huge fan, you know, Rico. Fans, uh, I'll tell you, you've been great over the years, uh, a friend, and, uh, you know, uh, just an outstanding broadcaster, all kidding aside, you know, you, you have fun, and that's what's great. You have fun when you, when you broadcast, and you're a funny guy. And it comes out that's, uh, you know, you can't teach that. Well, uh, thank you. You know, if I, but, if I don't have uh, fun, I fans, either get fired. Been great to me. I either, I either get fired or I quit if I don't have fun. That's why I have one rule. Well, we're going to dedicate yeah. this last song because of the Italian nature of the guest tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Rico mm-hmm. Petroselli, second generation American, first generation. Uh, his parents came over on, on, on the boat, probably, right? Exactly, yeah. We're gonna yeah. de- we're gonna dedicate this to uh, to Rico, and it's sung by another New York native uh, Italian American person, and his name was Dion oh. Demucci. And Rico, oh. thanks a lot, man. This is for you, buddy. Ready, Joe yeah. and Jerry, Castiglioki. You go first, troop. Well, I'm the type of guy who'll never settle down. Where pretty girls are, well, you know when I'm around. I kiss them and I love them, because to me they're all the same. True. I hug them and I squeeze them, I don't even know their name. They call me the Wanderer. Yeah, the Wanderer. I roam around, 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 around. 
there's Flo on my left, and there's Mary on my right, and Janie's the girl that I'll be with tonight. And when she asks me, the one I love the best, I tear off my shirt, show Rosie on my chest, cause I'm a wanderer troop at Shaw's. I go around and round and round and round. I'm getting dizzy, trope. Well, I roam from town to town. I go through life without my pants on. I'm as happy as a clown, Joe. With my two fists of iron, but I'm going nowhere. I'm the type of guy who likes to roam around. I'm never in one place. I roam from town to town. And when I find myself falling for some girl, I hop right into the caramel and ride around the world like John Jaha. Yeah, I'm a 